Zinc Studs, CITR 101.9 FM. I'm sitting in the uh, the salon <laughs> of uh, Michael DeForge's pad in Toronto. Mm-hmm. My first uh, interview on the road. I'm talking to you today, and then I'm talking to Hoshi Anderson, or Hoshe Anderson, I should say, tomorrow. Exciting Toronto folks. You guys are completely different, but both represent a different. That's going to be an aspect. awesome interview. It's like I'm open. A, yeah. interesting. I read King over the weekend and. I really liked it. Nice. I really liked it. I was uh, not sure what I was going to think at first, because I'd seen it around for a long time, and it really jumped out at me, but I sat down with it, and it was great. Right on. So, <laughs> now, your main stuff is you have loose one, loose two, and then you handed me a stack of different stuff. Gags, Spider-Man, some still screening books, and of course, the uh, always rocking uh, Cold Heat special number seven. Yep, yep. <laughs> Which is, you did logos with the names of the bands. Yeah, um, Frank Frank Santoro um, uh, said that he wanted to do a zine that was just all uh, names of characters and names of bands from the comics um, uh, done as actual band logos. And uh, I, I said I'd be down for working on it. Nice. It's yeah. hard to find. Uh, yeah, I think like I ran out... Like I did like thirty of them, and I think he did thirty, and that might <laughs> all. <laughs> like, I think that's about it. Crazy. I think he photocopied them with a pink cover, and I just photocopied them with white covers. And there's, yeah, I doubt there's a lot circulating. <laughs> yeah. Well, Frank is more about the colors than most yeah. folks, indeed. So I just probably didn't want to shell out the three extra cents per copy when I actually brought it to Kinko's that day. <laughs> too bad. Yeah. Really too bad. Um, now, you're pretty young. You're 22, right? Yes. Yep. You have 
impressive work already. I was quite uh, astounded by the quality of Loose. How long have you been actually drawing comics for? Uh, I, I've been experimenting with comics for a while, but Loose was my first sort of real... Um, like, it was my first one of any significant length, and it was the first one I, I really committed to. I had done um, a short web strip for a little while, but it didn't last more than a few months. And um, That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how Wade goes with web strips. <laughs> and uh, with a lot of... Like, I, I did a lot of um, short zines that I just ran 20 copies of, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so just experiments like that. And then I, uh, about a year ago, I started really trying to focus on it with Loose. It was really interesting when I came across it because I had no idea you were Canadian. Um, I just saw it at a comic store and knew my friends like, "This is awesome!" Fuck. And it seems like you've kind of come out from the vein of like the older alternative comics in a way, like the the old Yummy Furs or like kind of the same thing that Sammy Harkins trying to call up, like capture with like you know just a bunch of comics in this comic. Balls and yeah, uh, yeah, like that's sort of how that was my. I mean, I, I've been reading mainstream comics sequentially since you know I was a kid, but my early introduction to, to alt comics wasn't through um, wasn't through graphic novels. It was through yeah, like finding a stray issue of Young Fur, Eight Ball, or Optic Nerve, and um, I, I kind of wanted. I like that format a lot, you know, and I, I like. Uh, I, I wish more. Cartoonists use that format. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the Sammy Harkham stuff. He's really getting into it, and Jordan Crane, but yes, not enough yeah. folks. Yeah, and uh, Ted May on Injury Comics. Like that's a that's solid, right. solid title. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Now, tell me about your interest in comics, because I kind of feel like with Loose Number One, especially, you're kind of you're deconstructing but you're pulling all these different kind of ideas from different comics areas like you can tell that you've read you know the Grant Morrison run of Justice League as well as Mark Newgarden yeah yeah <laughs> uh, I think the Mark Newgarden influence is pretty clear with all the Nancy stuff uh, I was just sort of I, I was realizing how much of it I was consuming and it felt like a good way to kind of work out those influences and what some of the strips mean to me and uh, what like the, the influence some of the character designs even just have on, on my artwork um, and yeah I guess most of that issue is just trying to sort through all that and organize that information tell me about some of the the characters one one sort of really, I think it was in the second one with the uh, the horse head oh sure that was, that was just I don't know. Lovely and disturbed, and uh, the horse head is just something for for both issues. That b- both of the stories started out around the single image, and then I kind of worked my way around like what thing I could tell with it. Um, so for number two, it was the horse head, and uh, I'm not sure if it came from any specific place, but um, I really just like the idea of. Uh, I just like the image of a horse head. <laughs> you like the Godfather a lot. Yeah, I mean, that's what, <laughs> that must have been it. <laughs> yeah. Now, you do fine art stuff as well. Was that your your training in school? or? Uh, I never went to art school. Oh, so, really? Um, yeah, I went to U of T and I studied uh, 
English and philosophy, and I dropped out after <laughs> like a year and a half. But um, uh, yeah, like I, uh, I, I do fine artwork and commercial work, and um, lately I haven't been doing as many gallery shows. Uh, I did a big show last year, like about exactly one year ago, where I did um, over a dozen really large black and white drawings about eight feet each and wow after i was done that i was sort of that's that's a lot to take on yeah like it was it was a group show with um jesse gill and stephanie davidson who who are other artists from here and um we each basically took a wall of a big gallery space and tried to fill it and i felt like after that i just wanted to work small which is what i've ended up doing this past year it's yeah i've seen folks kind of do like do that full thing and you kind of lose yourself in it after a while I think. Yeah. Yeah, it really killed me to have to work that big and like did you stay with the same level of detail that you have say in your comics or was it uh, some of them were more detailed um, and but it was it was mostly silhouettes uh, was the idea so there's a few pieces that have that same kind of dense line but um, most of them were just silhouettes and patterns and forms like that. You like playing with that a lot, like with the dark yeah. and with the light, like really bouncing like I mean it's a black and white comic, but you really you go for those deep blacks, I guess. Yes. Yeah. I think I'm more comfortable with black and white. Uh, I've been trying to do a bit more color work lately and experiment with that, but um, black and white is where I feel most comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think uh, Chester Brown's doing any color comics anytime soon. Well, I, I, I guess I uh, am in good company. <laughs> or uh, Adrian Tomine, or you know, most of the manga out there. Yeah, I mean, it's probably <laughs> that's probably it. That like all the alt comics I read were black and white, and superhero comics were color. So when I wanted to make an alt comic, or you know, an alt comic in quotation marks, yeah. like I thought this is. This is the way it should look, or something like this. To have these ideas in my head of what it should look like, maybe. Now you've got a lot of stuff coming out right now for TCAF. I mean, you've got the loose number two, which came out what, like a month ago. Yeah. And then tell me about the prison is for bitches. Uh, prison for bitches is a Lady Gaga. <laughs> it's a Lady Gaga tribute zine, fanzine that like. Uh, me and Ryan Sands, who uh, edits Electric Anzine and the Same Hat blog, uh, put together. And um, yeah, it has a lot of... We're surprised at how many contributors ended up coming on board for it. Um, like, we, we kind of came up with it. I, I assumed it'd be just a small, silly, throwaway thing. And mm-hmm. um, uh, But we have a lot of quality pieces in it, and it's now something like... It's going to be at least 50 pages. And, uh, yeah, we have a Johnny Ryan piece, Chrissy Leopolis, uh, Lisa Hannawalt, Michael Kupperman, Helen Joe, like a ton of really, really great contributors. You just know Helen's would be amazing. Yeah, Helen's <laughs> is killer. And there's a, a middle spread by uh, Michaela Zakili that is, like, like just great. Um, yeah. So you're pretty active here within your own kind of illustration community, I guess? Yeah, um, I do a lot of commercial, like commercial illustrations, how I pay for, to be able to do zines and comics. And, yeah. Um, yeah, like I feel like half the artists I know aren't actually cartoonists, they're from the illustration world too, so. It's just like, I don't know the Toronto community at all, and it seems, it's a, it's a very different photo from Vancouver, which is where the focus is, and 
But I mean, there's probably a million different scenes here too. Yeah, it feels like Toronto has a has a nice mishmash of different artists. There's a lot of really interesting printmakers here, and a lot of interesting illustrators here, and all sorts, I guess. Yeah. And the printmaking thing—that's something you were showing me some of the books. That's something you've kind of peripherally gotten involved with. Yeah, I mean, I don't print. I haven't printed my own work since high school, just because um, I haven't lived in a space where it's made sense for me to set up shop, and uh, I've never done enough work to rent out studio space. But, yeah. Um, my friend Jesse Gill prints a lot of silkscreen books out of here, and uh, he, whenever I need some like a print silkscreen, or I just uh, did a zine with him, that's going to be a TCAF too. Like he's my go-to guy. Dude. Yeah. And there's, a, there's some other guys. Um, yeah, uh, Jeff Garcia is another really good printmaker for me. Where do you kind of see that you want to go with your comics book? Uh, I'm just curious just to see, like, I talked to a lot of the old guys and they kind of have their next 10 years in comics planned out. But then I see you, you're already making really, you know, really solid, solid work. So I'm just curious. Where is that leading? Do you want to expand it more? Or? Uh, I mean, ideally, I'd just like to do an issue of Lose. Like, if I could do one a year for the rest of my life, it feels like I'd be really happy. I really like that format, and, uh, like, I, I, I like doing zines and other projects on the side, but I sort of just like the idea of doing one issue of this comic every year <laughs> for as long as I can stand to do it. <laughs> the, the, the testament that'll stay with you. Um, now, I really like the, uh, I guess, the Comics Hell. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about Comics Hell. Uh, well, in, in the first issue, I thought, uh, well, the, the protagonist ends up in Hell and it's populated by other cartoon characters. Um, and I kind of like the idea of that limbo. Um, it's probably, I mean, it probably came out of, uh, probably came out of the way... Grant Morrison wrote it in that Animal Man comic. He writes a he oh. writes a limbo for unused comic characters. I'm sure That's my idea was stolen ago. from one of those things, but um, I just thought it'd be an interesting way to to use those characters and um, uh, use try to try to break down their design elements a little bit and um, a good excuse for for to use those uh, to, to have the protagonist interact with all those characters. I'm really fascinated by the way um, that you're taking elements from other comics, like, I, you know, the the Nancy head, you know, it feels straight out of the Mark Newgard thing. Are you kind of like amalgamating or just like using parts to kind of, I don't know, I don't know where I'm coming, what I'm saying, but it's working. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I mean, I like. I just I did a strip for for um, Vice's website with uh, the Foxtrot mm-hmm. kids head and like I just I like uh, I like using those designs in new ways. We're um, screwing them up a little bit. Do you see that they are kind of symbols in themselves? Uh, the Foxtrot one, not specifically, but in the first issue of Lose, definitely. And I just did a, a Spider-Man comic, and it's sort of like my Freud Spider-Man. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> do you have issues with Spider-Man? Uh, I do. <laughs> what are Everyone your issues does. with Spider-Man? Everyone identifies with Spider-Man who reads comics. I mean, uh, he's like an easy thing to latch onto growing up because he's a bully kid and he has all these parental issues. And 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Killed his father figure inadvertently. Yeah, he's he's just a he's an easy target for a funny gag, I think. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's fun to pick on. Poor little guy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the coloring work you do on it. You're saying you're not too comfortable with coloring or um it's not that I like I think I've been coloring enough like for for as many years as I have and like I, I think I have a good sense of what works and what not but uh, I just I prefer black and white most of the time I'm trying to use color in uh, I, I'm gonna you try to do some comics with color in an interesting way but you did that diamond yeah. comics cover yes and I did a color strip for the most recent issue too in the number five yes yeah I haven't seen it yet yeah I'm hoping uh, he, he I, I asked um, the editor Jason yeah. if, he'd, if he'd ship some for TCAF so I'm hoping uh, they'll get here in time and then I can I can bring some over <laughs> they're dope yes. I really love uh, Diamond Comics yeah uh, I, I only have the issue prior that I did the, the cover for oh really I'm excited to I asked him for a few other back issues and start to see them <laughs> yeah no it's, it's, it's really a great thing mm-hmm. um are you exploring different work when you're doing, like, say, that diamond cover than you are with your comics? A little bit. Uh, especially the diamond cover, it started out as a totally different thing. Um, it, it was supposed to be a print, and uh, I designed it to be about a meter tall. And the printmaker who was going to do it just it just didn't end up happening because doing a one meter tall five color silk screen was, like, you know, a big ordeal. <laughs> Five screens. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, they said they needed a cover for Diamond, and I, I offered that instead of designing a new one. Uh, Is that digital? Yeah, but I, I draw a different like is so because that wasn't. I mean, it, uh, anything I do that isn't a comic, I draw in a different way. It feels like it's like it feels like a totally different type of work. Um, yeah, uh, when I do comics, it, it's a way more focused drawing and. It feels more like I'm organizing things than uh, normally, where it, 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 there's a lot more spontaneity, and I can just. It seems kind of uh, psychedelic in a way. Yeah, yeah. I have a lot of my like my non-comics work described as psychedelic, and it feels like my actual comics. Maybe they are still that, but it feels like those are just anal retentive. And I would say maybe like the artwork is more LSD influences. And maybe the comic is more like mescaline. <laughs> uh, that, that sounds fair. I don't have enough experience with either to really to really know for sure. But that sounds about fair. <laughs> yeah. Well, it seems like I almost feel like you're working in a violent world. Sure. Like with your comics, is there something you're exploring within yourself? Um, the first issue, both of them are pretty. Like, I filter a, a, a bunch of personal things that happen in my life at either point writing, drawing them, but, um... Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, I think that ends up manifesting itself in uh, bleak, bleak worlds <laughs> that I end up, you know, putting everyone in in these things, so... That's okay. Yeah. The world <laughs> is kind of bleak sometimes. Yeah. Like, I, I think the second issue is a lot less bleak than the first, actually, but... Yeah. Uh, well, the, the interesting thing is the second issue. I mean, it's a it's longer, straight extended story. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's it, it it I'm really fascinated just seeing how you're developing with each one, um, and kind of doing I mean, the, the styles adjusting with time. And stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, it feels like a... I mean, I was happy with issue two. The issue one, uh, I'm, I'm still really proud of, but, like, it's really dense, and I was trying to fit a lot of information and visual information and actual story into it. Um, and issue two, there's, there's a bit more space. It's like a sure. shorter thing. I mean, a shorter amount of time lapses, but... Uh, yeah. There's less stuff happening in it. Yeah. Well, it's... And, and that's kind of learning different ways of telling stories, too, right? Like, where you're kind of bringing it a certain direction or another direction. Yes. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm very pull new... Pull the story apart and put it together. Yeah, like, I'm really, really new at this, and I'm just trying to figure out um, what I can do with it, and... Yeah. <laughs> Who are some go-to cartoonists that really help you kind of when you're having a struggle? Uh... Well, that's tough. I go to Richard Corbin a lot for visuals, uh, just lately. That's a good, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I've been, and he has, like, enough stuff that it's been pretty good to work through. Um, Saul Steinberg is someone I go to a lot. Uh, Those are completely different. Yeah, I feel like my influences end up being different. Like, I really, I mean, someone like Steinberg or, or Jules Pfeiffer, uh, they're artists who I really like a lot. Like, Jules Pfeiffer is maybe my all-time favorite. But I'm, I can't imagine that influence shows in my work at all. But, no. um, yeah. I, <laughs> you're, you're very you're very compact and organized. Well, Pfeiffer is just so loose and so minimal. I mean, yeah. he tries to do as few lines as possible in a cartoon. I think it's because, like, I wish I had the confidence to draw like that. You know, like, if I could draw with a really minimal line, I would love that. But... I, I mask it with all this ornamentation because <laughs> I'm not good enough to do that, you know. I'm not. <laughs> well, I don't see it masking its ornamentation. Like, kind of reminds me of. Uh, do you know like Luke Ramsey? Yeah, I, lo I love Luke's work. Like, yeah. it kind of reminds me of that world where it's like you're working and filling a space, but it's not like extraneous filling. Sure. Like I mean, he, he was a like he, uh, he was a, uh, an artist who was an influence on me when I. I think I came across his work and Mark Bell's work around the same time, and they were both. Uh, it, was a, it was a type of drawing I hadn't seen before, and it really yeah. changed the way I thought about. There, and that's space. interesting because, like, in some ways, Mark, Mark's the older of the pair, and mm -hmm. it's, you're seeing these like generational changes in comics. I mean, Mark's Mark was in Vancouver for a long time, and Luke came later um, after Mark. And you probably know Jason McLean. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And so it's like all this, and you now you're the the new generation. <laughs> you're well, new Coke. It's it's funny because like when I when I I mean I now know all these the differences like the regional differences and the generational differences mm -hmm. between all these artists. But um, when I first came across them, it was probably a bit later into my high school, and um, uh, like I came across them all at the same time, and like I came across them at the same time I came across Matt Brinkman, and like. I just assumed they were all the same thing. <laughs> like, I saw the High Water website that used to be up, and I yeah. saw, like, Territoid Heights, and I saw Shrimpy and Paul, and I was like, oh, I guess this is all just this thing. And, like, yeah. I saw Gary Panter right after that, and I didn't... It's only until recently where these separations are more clear. You know? Yeah, and they're all very different worlds. I mean, the world of the Fort Thunder guys is very violent. And yeah, yeah, like, they're brutal. coming from a totally different set of influences than... Yeah, like... Mark is Mark a lot more Bell. playful and... <laughs> Nothing that terrible is going to happen. Uh, more, more Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just keeps the peace. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Well, all very good folks. Yeah, yeah. It was really it was nice to see all that stuff at once, and it was it was just like a totally different way of drawing to me. And I probably came across like uh, I started seeing I started posting on that ginger box message board in high school, and um, when I saw that, like they gave me some introductions to that scoliosis. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't post there anymore, but, like, in high school, I suddenly saw this thing, and people would talk about Euro artists or manga artists who I hadn't seen before, and that was also, like, just a different type of drawing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who are some European folks that are... I don't know many. <laughs> <laughs> when I first saw Mobius, I was like, this is really cool. It's just, I hadn't seen any anything like it, you know? Like, um, honestly, I don't know a lot of Euro guys. It was just seeing things that were different they mm-hmm. like approach space or compositions in a totally different way well Mobius is approaching from his own reality yes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like what is that man doing yeah that stuff is, is is nice I probably came to him by way of that uh, the guy who does all the elephant man covers elephant man covers oh LeDron yeah I probably came to him by way of that guy yeah something like that <laughs> it's really fascinating because like this is something like Frank Santorin talked about is seeing where and understanding where these influences are coming from and just like seeing how you were going from LeDron to Mobius mm. and how that's not a direct you're not directly tapping into Mobius sure I find that fascinating yeah I mean I think I come to, to a lot of things secondhand. Mm-hmm. you know like I came to Fort Thunder way before I came to Gary Panter like years before I came to Gary Panter uh and it's, it's like that with a lot of other artists, I think, too. What was Gary Panto like for your first jumping into that? Um, well, the first one I read by him was, was that uh, the Zongo Jimbo issue. And I didn't like it at all. Like, now I really love it. But when I first it's saw it... best stuff. Yeah, when I, when I first saw it, like, I didn't have the proper context. Like, I didn't see how it fit into the rest of his work or the rest of his work with that character. And um, I just thought... Like, I, I liked how dense a lot of the Fort Thunder work I was seeing was, mm-hmm. and um, I saw that, and it's not really like that. And I just thought, oh, this, like, I, don't, I didn't get what the big deal was. But then, um, eventually, I just kept finding more and more things. Uh, I think the piece that really, really jumped out to me was, um, he did he edited that, uh, I think it's called Naked Ray Gun or something. Oh, Naked, Yeah. Go yeah, naked. is that it? Yeah, Go yeah, naked. yeah. And there's yeah. yeah, I saw that cover, and it like I was like, oh, I kind of get it now. Like, yeah, and I, I I also got the way he amalgamates all these different influences. I was really fascinated reading the um, the Jimbo and Paradise one. That was the oh yes, yeah, the <laughs> breakthrough for me. Okay, I get it. Yes, Let's see what he's doing. So he's, he's one of these artists who's intimidating to kind of approach and I probably came at him a time where he wasn't as a, he wasn't as available to me like yeah. uh, it's now easier finding work of his in like whatever chapters it's, or something yeah like it's that. easier but there's still a lot of stuff that's just not it's not there. in print yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's quite unfortunate so anyone wants to reprint comics reprint uh, some Gary Panthers yeah that would be great Dan Dan Nadal listening <laughs> who doesn't listen <laughs> <laughs> I got to see Painter speak here at OCAD, mm. and it was really great. I was super jealous. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Um, we, we don't get that in Vancouver. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like looking at all the events you guys had over the last month. It was like, 
Panther, Jeffrey Brown came by, and then you had like Ben Catcher. Yeah, the uh, I missed the Ben Catcher reading for like stupid reasons, but seeing Ben Catcher talk with uh, Peacock was pretty great. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, and he doesn't go out very often. So, well, he may in New York, but right. <laughs> <laughs> he's not you know readily available like someone who does lots of events and stuff. So yeah, he's definitely one to one to check out if you get the chance. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Um, Who's really new that's exciting you? Uh, I guess I read a lot of stuff. Like, I, I mentioned Michaela Zakil. I don't even know if that's how to pronounce her last name, but, like, Z-A-C-H-I-L-L-I. Um, <laughs> Michaela Colette Zakil, and she, she's really good. Uh, I'll be selling a few of her comics of blues. Um, and I have a friend, Chris Eliopoulos, uh, and he just put out a comic through my publisher called uh, Milky Way Shuffle. And, and Koyama is the... Yeah, the Koyama book. Press. Um... Yeah, so she's putting out this mini-comic, and next year from Top Shelf, he's going to have a kid's comic called Okie Dokie Donuts. Nice. Yeah, he's great. And he unfortunately shares a name with another Chris Eliopoulos, who is also in that. comics. It's crazy that... He should call himself Christopher. He, he, <laughs> he like signs a lot as like Elio, but um, it's, it's crazy that two people could be named that and work in the same field. It's like a... And Eleanor Davis signs a lot of stuff, Elo. Uh, well, <laughs> well, there's more problems for him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Life ain't easy, right? Yep. <laughs> well, thanks for sitting and chatting with me today. Oh, thank you like, for having me. It's, uh, like I said, I love your stuff, and uh, congrats on the Doug Wright nomination. Uh, thank you Good very luck much. on Saturday. <laughs> well.
But you know, I don't think that's ever going to happen in my lifetime or yours. Because we're all liars and we're bad.